0: I gotta say, I'm sweating this interview. I'm about to talk with Dr. Charles Claudell. He's a cardiothoracic surgeon at Florida Heart and Lung Institute. He's a real accomplished guy. My forehead is dripping, my palms are wet. I don't wanna mess this up. Is this excessive sweating a normal response to stress? Or could it be hyperhidrosis? Let's find out. <laughs> It's Helmet of Health, the podcast from North Florida Regional Medical Center. I'm Adam Argusia. So, Dr. Claudel, everybody sweats, some of us more than others. Uh, when does it cross the line into like a, a diagnosable condition?
1: People that have true hyperhidrosis, it's not subtle. They don't, they don't question whether or not it's normal. They, they will sweat at rest. They will sweat when they're sitting in an air-conditioned room by themselves just watching TV relaxing. It's, it's inappropriate sweating. When, when you're on a treadmill at the gym, everybody sweats. Not everybody sweats in a 65 degree room. And, and folks that truly have hyperhidrosis will. Do we know what causes it? So hyperhidrosis can be caused, uh, in theory, by sweat glands that are over-receptive to the electrical impulses that are being delivered to them. Or it could be that there are too many electrical impulses from the brain being delivered to those sweat glands. We don't really understand that. What we do know is we know how to treat it and treat it well.
0: Okay, so say that I'm somebody who just sweats, not in situations of stress, not when I'm having lots of physical activity, but when I'm just sitting on the couch, I'm sweating profusely. What can you do for me?
1: Well, the first thing is we have an interview. We talk about whether it's what we call primary hyperhidrosis, which is a person that says, I can remember this all the way back to my childhood days. I had trouble in school because the papers were getting smudged, things like that. Those are the patients that can be surgically treated. Then there's secondary hyperhidrosis. Those are patients that have developed it. They, They were fine, and then all of a sudden at age 55, they developed it those patients don't respond very well to surgery. So for for the patients that have primary hyperhidrosis, now we talk about what body parts are impacted. Is it what we call cephalic hyperhidrosis, which is of the head, or is it the more common palms and feet? Uh, And some patients even have it in their armpits. For the people that have it in their hands and their feet in particular, palmar hyperhidrosis is very, very life-limiting. It's very difficult. They they have trouble shaking hands. They have trouble with social situations. Mm and and it's easily treated. It's a very short outpatient procedure where we use what's called a thoracoscope, which is a very small camera. It's smaller than the ballpoint pen refill that we would put in our, our ink pen. We look inside the chest. We look behind the lung. We find some nerves that, that deliver those electrical impulses to the sweat glands, and we can use electrocautery to blunt some of the electrical impulses going to the sweat glands. Um, that procedure takes about 45 minutes, it's done as an outpatient, and it's over 90% successful in eliminating excessive sweating from the hands.
0: So what's the recovery like? You've gone into my skin and you've uh, cauterized some nerves. Am I gonna have a lot of pain and swelling?
1: No, actually really not, but we usually do them on a Friday. So they then have Saturday and Sunday to to get over it a little bit. And by Monday, most everybody's back to normal activities. Uh, I've had patients that have gone and run a,
0: a half marathon Wow. 36 hours after the procedure. And you say that the success rate is about 90%. I mean, it's got to be, for someone who's lived with a condition like that their entire life, with the social anxiety of not being able to shake hands, that kind of thing, to simply turn off that symptom like a light switch, is has got to be life-changing.
1: It really is. I've, over my career, I've done so many variable operations, everything from heart transplants to, to valvular heart surgery to lung cancer surgery, and the number of cards and letters and positive feedback I get from the patients with hyperhidrosis after the surgery is tenfold all of the other things that I do. I've done children in their like, early teenage years or, or even nine ten year olds yeah. that were being homeschooled. Because of the way they were being treated at school because of this, they were being ostracized. So it's just a, an amazing change uh, for, for an otherwise somewhat disabling condition.
0: One more question, Dr. Claudel As we said, everybody sweats, not just people who have hyperhidrosis. Um, and a lot of people are bothered by their sweating. I could imagine that there are people who would be interested in having a procedure like this done, not because it's really a a clinical problem for them, but it's more of a cosmetic problem for them. Or uh, it's interfering with performance. They're a rock climber and they don't like having sweaty palms. It makes it hard to grip the rock. Is this something that people could get done on a more elective basis?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks so much for asking that because I, I really do need to stress that this is for people with pathologic sweating, abnormal sweating, people that just sweat with physical activity, not a candidate. People that have generalized sweating, your body sweats for a reason. You want to you offload heat through sweating. Um, when we do it for people that have pathologic sweating, they still have plenty of mechanisms to offload heat and they don't experience any problems related to that. For somebody that only sweats with exercise and has appropriate, situationally appropriate sweating, we would not want to do this, and they would
0: not be a candidate for this procedure. All right, Doc, appreciate it. That's Dr. Charles Clodell. He's a cardiothoracic surgeon at Florida Heart and Lung Institute. To learn more about Dr. Clodell and hyperhidrosis, visit StopMySweat.com. Thanks for checking out this episode of Helmet of Health. If you found it helpful, please share it on your social channels, and be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the library.